0: This is Sydney Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round.
1: This is Randy, and I will be talking about the Christmas ornament-slash-decoration manufacturer-slash-seller, Kathy Wolfert.
2: This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about a few different festive ways to celebrate Christmas down here in Florida.
3: This is Beth, and I'm going to be talking about another one of our favorite Christmas musicians, Harry Connick Jr.
1: All very fun topics. We are in the middle, as of this recording, of prepping for Thanksgiving and Christmas, as often we do. We do those things at the same time. Um, It'll come out shortly uh, after Thanksgiving, a a week or so after Thanksgiving. So podcast. Yep. So... um, that is is still a very busy season so we hope that you are enjoying your uh, Christmas season and enjoyed Thanksgiving as well. For us the weekend before Thanksgiving surprisingly we have very pretty fall leaves still in many places. So
3: unusual and it's so beautiful.
1: A lot of the reds have stayed. Yes Um, some of the yellows and and oranges have not but the reds have stayed which has been great. Yeah. Very fun.
2: I have some really pretty fall leaves down here too In that they're still around, and it is technically fall. Um, They're not changing color, they're just green. But they are pretty (laughs) leaves, and it is fall.
1: There there you go. Glad you could participate. (laughs) And appreciate. That's what I'm here for. And today, the day we're recording this, is actually peanut butter fudge day. And I will be making peanut butter fudge later today. But already I can smell, in the distance, pumpkin pies cooking. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. For
1: Thanksgiving dinner.
3: That's right. Since I work Monday through Thursday, I don't have time to make pies, so I decided to make them the weekend before, and then we'll put them in the fridge until we're ready. Mm-hmm. Although
1: you will have Thursday off this week.
3: Yeah, that's Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, you said you work Monday through Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's yeah.
3: true. That's true. So this week it'll be Monday through Wednesday. You're yeah. right. Yes.
1: Yes, but then they will be all ready to eat.
3: Yeah, it'll just be hard not eating them. Right. Yes.
1: Speaking of which, I need a uh,
2: turkey recipe from you, Mom, since we already bought uh, a big turkey, and we got it last week, and we put it in the freezer because we didn't want to risk losing it. You know, we're not fam- quite familiar with the area yet, so we're not sure if it's a big turkey's being gone right before Thanksgiving area.
4: Yeah. Uh,
1: so Good taking idea. this first year down here. I think, Sydney, you also said you're going to be baking for Christmas this weekend,
0: yeah. So I'm gonna start um, baking Christmas cookies. I got the ingredients today. So in particular, I'm looking at making thumbprint cookies and peanut butter
3: blossoms and Russian tea cakes. Yes. And then I will hopefully at some point be able to make the Kris Kringles. Yes. And we can decorate them. It'll be sad because Cole always used to help us decorate Kris Kringle cookies, but. We'll be happy that he has his green leaves down there that are still sticking to the branches.
2: Yeah, I also uh, used to steal a lot of that dough and eat it. So you may have more crisp oh, yeah. cookies just from the fact that uh, a large percentage of dough <laughs> is kind of going back into your hands, per se. But I will miss eating it. It was really good.
1: Yeah, I have to admit that I also... Take dough?
0: We all do.
1: (laughs) Some of us take more. uh,
2: Is rampant in the moon house when Kris Kringle cookie dough is is on being made on the countertops or even in the fridge because I'm guilty of stealing refrigerated Kris Kringle cookie dough as well.
1: (laughs) Yep, yep. Yeah, tomorrow we pick up our Christmas tree. Yes, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We're not going to put it up. I'm going to leave it outside in a big bucket of water. But the way our Christmas tree farm that we go to to get tall Fraser firs, and by tall, I mean greater than uh, seven feet, we get um, nine to ten feet. Last year, I got a ginormous one. I'm not going to do that again. Um, So this year, we're going for a nine to ten feet pre-cut Fraser fir. And the way the farm does it is that you order it well ahead of time. They ship it down, it's already pre-wrapped, and you just go pick it up at the farm the weekend before Thanksgiving, and then we plan to put it up in the house uh, next Saturday or Sunday to begin that whole process as well. So that'll be fun for us to do tomorrow to get the tree and have that here.
2: You said that you're, you're just going to put it in a bucket outside for now?
1: Yes. Um, I was just
2: thinking, uh, where did you find a bucket that big?
1: It's not a If you're going to put the tree bucket. in a bucket. It's like a- it's a, like, a large um, tub is what it yeah. is. A large tub.
3: <laughs> but it looks like a bucket.
4: Oh, they okay. They created
3: you, it to look like a
1: bucket.
2: But you still found one big enough to put the whole tree in it.
1: No, just the bottom. Smarty pants. I see where you're going with that long, oh, okay. slow right. build up there.
2: I, I thought that might be unfair to the listener because you sort of misleadingly said you were going to put the tree in a bucket. <laughs> Yeah, Keely and I are going to go around uh, after Thanksgiving and look because we're sure that there are going to be tree places around here. Last year, we got one from the Boy Scouts up in Virginia, Uh, so we're sure there's going to be kind of similar situations down in this area. Our tree is going to be a lot smaller than yours, probably about six foot or so. I think that's what it was last year. So how are you guys going to get it? up this year last year you had me and ryan to to help you haul the big tree in
1: yeah i'm going to have um my friends mike and or eric or eric and or mike <laughs> depending who's available yeah. next saturday help me bring it in or both of them yeah help me bring it in because Dep- we don't the... really know how big it is
2: that's true you also don't know how uh how like dense it is how thick it is yet because you're ordering it online no right. so, it could be light or it could be uh it could be a big old wide boy.
4: <laughs> true.
1: Yep. Very true. And then, Sydney, you have a visit with Santa that you're planning to make, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, so I went to Petco today, and it was so fun. I got Noelle more stuff for Christmas, although, you know, shh, she doesn't know. Um, <laughs> but I saw advertised at Petco that Santa Claus would be available for you to come with your dogs and take pictures of your dogs with Santa, I think it's on certain Saturdays in December, so my plan is to make Noelle look nice and go into Petco and possibly take a picture with Santa. Super cute. Yeah, it will be. She probably won't
4: like it, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh well. Oh well. Yes. So, um, yeah, so we're going to have a very fun week ahead, weekends and week ahead, and then we move into the full-up Christmas season. Um, So, lots of fun, lots of activity, lots of preparation. Um, So, uh, it'll go by quickly, I'm sure. And then we'll be into the next year, 2022, which is crazy. So, my topic last week was talking about Window August and the Christmas ornaments, the annual Christmas ornaments that we love so much and, and get every year from them and kind of their history. This week, thank you. This week, I'm going to talk about Kathy Wolfert, which we became familiar with during our. German river cruise a few years ago when we were looking for, well, we were perusing Christmas markets and looking for German, you know, wood nutcrackers or ornaments or something kind of unique stylistic to Germany that we could take home for ourselves or for friends and family and things like that. And there was a lot in the Christmas markets, but we were always drawn to these little stores that they had in the Christmas markets that were Kathy Wolfert, and they were indoor setup stores, even though they were temporary. They were always indoor. They were always very warm. They were decked out for Christmas, obviously, and they had a ton of very traditional-looking German ornaments. So I was kind of curious kind of where they came from and how they you know, came to being with all these different things. Now, they, they are very focused on... German inspired Christmas uh, decor. So, you know, it's not—it's music boxes, it's nutcrackers, it's a lot of ornaments, um, but it's also decorations along the way um, that we really enjoy. But they do have one notice notable exception that they talk about, which is they do um, make some ornaments that are traditional ornaments from Tanzania. And they've worked closely with uh, people from Tanzania to bring jobs to the local communities actually to make these ornaments and to also fund a clean water initiative that they have in Tanzania. So I thought that was kind of neat even though they're very focused on that. The other thing they've done in the last few years is they've made their products more available in the states, in the United States. For a while you it was difficult via their website to get things um, sent over. Now they've made it much more simpler in the United States. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that later.
3: Probably because of COVID.
1: But the store itself, Kathy Wolfer, uh, isn't that old. The whole um, company itself is only from the 60s, honestly. It's not, it's not that old of a thing, even though their designs are traditional German um, uh, dec- decor for Christmas, although they do other holidays as well. So uh, on their website, they talk about their history. It talks about the fact that, it really all started with a music box that the founding couple, Wilhelm and Kathy Wolfert, brought from their Saxonian homeland to Stuttgart, uh, which laid the foundation for the company. The music box was of uh, particular fascination for an American officer's family who were friends of theirs, uh, who had visited them for Christmas in 1963. After the holidays, Wilhelm thought uh, that he wanted to send that music box as a present to his American friends. So he looked for a similar music box to buy. But all the shops had already put their Christmas goods back in storage, and he couldn't find somebody who had it, it ended up being a wholesaler, who was selling those boxes. But the catch was, since it was a wholesaler, Wilhelm had to buy at least 10 of them. <laughs> so he decided to buy all 10, and he gave a music box to his American friend, who was extremely happy with it, because they had been enamored by it. And again, it was, it's a very German wood-based music box. Very, very pretty one. They have it on their site if you want to look at it. Uh, at their suggestion, at their friend's suggestion, Wilhelm went from house to house in the American barracks at the time to sell the other nine music boxes, which was going well until the military police uh, took him in custody because you're not allowed to sell things door to door. But his good fortune was that military police actually really liked the music boxes, (laughs) and said, well, instead of going door to door, which is not legal, uh, you could go to the Officer Wives Charity Bazaar and sell them there.
3: Oh, that's a good idea.
1: So they went to the uh, bazaar every weekend, and they eventually expanded their range of products, and then in 1964, they jumped in and um, started to do this uh, as a business. So Wilhelm was employed by a computer manufacturer, so... He, the company took on his wife's name, Kathy Wolfert, so that's how it became the Kathy Wolfert Company, and it was going well. And they had their first uh, showrooms uh, near Stuttgart, but eventually they moved to where they um, their headquarters is today, with this Rothenburg Obder Tober. I always I think most people call it Rothenburg because that's the first part of the the um, the name of the city, which became a very big milestone in the company's history with that move because from there then they started to open up their specially christmas shops in the city and then in local um areas and then moved into um christmas markets as well and then they moved their headquarters to rothenburg uh, as well and then a christmas village stood up there a christmas museum opened there and it became like the city of christmas so now when you go and visit germany like on any kind of cruise or um touristy uh, kind of setup, going to Rothenburg for their Christmas setup is, is usually on the list of things to do. So that's kind of the history of how it got to Rothenburg and, and where it's at, or where the company's at today. A couple other things about the Rothenburg, when you go outside, they on their site, they have a number of traditions that are kind of neat, um, that are worth looking at, why they sell certain things, like they have these Things called the Rothenburg Night Watchmen which are very popular they're like a like the height of a um, small nutcracker um, and they're dressed up and they have a lantern and they have a little axe that they're holding um, and, and it dates back to the history of the night of the night watchmen um, as a one of the jobs in the city of Roth, Rothenburg. Um, so you know I'm not going to read through all these things but they are very interesting when you look at the history of these Another one is angels and miners um, that are connected to um, the history and heritage. So sometimes when you see these things in the store, you're not sure why they sell. Somebody that looks like a little night watchman or these little angel angel and miners paired up together. Um, But they have on their site their reasons. They also do have the pickle ornament, which we learned has a very uncertain history. Um, in Germany itself. We know that American Germans started it or had it. I don't know if they started it. And it seems like some Germans in some parts of Germany um, celebrated it even before it came to America, but that's not very clear. But the store, Kathy Wolfer itself, does have it.
3: And then the, the thing with the pickle is that it's hidden in the tree somewhere. It's a pickle ornament and some of them are glass glass ornaments and they're beautiful. But it's a pickle, and then it's hidden in the tree, and whoever finds it gets whatever, an extra present or something. But finding the pickle is like part of the fun of Christmas morning, I
1: guess. Yeah, and you get an extra gift. Is that what it is? Yeah, you get an extra gift. At least that's one of the traditions with the pickle. Yeah. Now, you might ask yourself, well, where do they have stores that you can go to? Well, they don't have a lot of stores outside of Germany. They do have one in the Twin One in Stillwater, Minnesota, which is about 40 minutes from Minneapolis and St. Paul. But that's the only store they have in the United States. They have one store in York, England. One store in France, in Riker? Riker? And then one store in Barcelona, Spain. So they don't have a lot of stores outside. But they do go to a lot of Christmas markets. The number of Germany Christmas markets is just pages and pages of them. But they'll go to um, Christmas markets in Strasbourg, France, in Moran, Italy, in Switzerland, Austria, um, different places like that. But they also do go to some in the United States. They go to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Arlington, Pittsburgh, and Naperville.
3: It's so interesting. I never knew that they came to the United States.
1: Mm -hmm. And then they go to some Christmas markets in Japan, too. Uh so but I would say for most people unless they go to a German um to Germany to visit the area or specifically Christmas markets where they're set up um the best way to see them and kind of see more about their background and history and the kinds of things they have is through their website for Kathy Wolfert. Um but we love it because we love you know we've talked about many times in this podcast how so many of our traditions came from Germany. Related to Christmas and um, the heritage of that, and our own heritage connected back to that. So we love that um, style that Kathy Wolfert presents, and it's a high-quality product. We have uh, scenes from them, we have ornaments from them, we have nutcrackers from them, um, and we've you know enjoyed them all. They're really great, high-quality products. Mm-hmm. So very fun. So that is Kathy Wolfert.
3: Very interesting. <laughs>
1: That's fun. Do
2: any of those Christmas markets ever make it down to Florida? Right. No. Oh, okay. Well, well that's sad. Um, the climate down here isn't particularly uh, traditionally Christmassy, uh, but that just means that we have to come up with other <laughs> festive and creative ways to, to celebrate Christmas in our own Floridian fashion. Santa Claus rides in on a gator.
4: <laughs>
2: um with you know, I don't know what are other Floridian things. Stopped by Publix for uh for a beer on his way in. Um that's that's a pretty I think Publix is a pretty Floridian thing. I've been seeing a, a million of them now that I'm down here or a Win Dixie. Um but I was looking around uh, because I wanted to see what kind of events they have around Uh, the Florida area for Christmas. Obviously, Christmas is huge, so no matter where you go in the United States, there's going to be
4: events. (laughs) But
2: I ended up on floridatrippers.com. Accidentally read that with an S the first time, but it is floridatrippers.com, just to be clear. Uh, And it had a few fun. Now, these are more like uh, events around the area, as opposed to, um, like, things kind of in the home. Uh, So I'd recommend picking, like, maybe one, two, three of these things if you live in the Florida area and going and seeing (laughs) and enjoying them. Uh, If you have a lot of money and time, maybe go see all of them. But uh, those two things I do not have at present. Um, So... uh, so the, the first thing on the list is uh, chill out at Gaylord Palms Ice. Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center features their ice annual event. And you can stroll through a winter wonderland filled with elaborate ice sculptures that represent the theme over that year, uh, which is super awesome. Uh, ticket prices are pretty um, pretty tame on that. What was that?
1: or do YouTube channel for Disney also go to other local Disney events. So it's right up there that Orlando area.
3: Yeah. So we yeah, we've been there. We've stayed there a couple times. It's a really neat place. Mm-hmm. It'd be a nice place to go.
2: Yeah. And I was seeing some yeah, pictures of their, their ice sculpture event and ice sculptures are always pretty cool, but especially when it's an entire event of just walking through mm-hmm. and seeing a bunch of them. Um, so that looked super fun. Um, this year, Hallmark Channel is presenting the holidays at Legoland, uh, so it is decked out with extravagance of lights, decorations, and massive Christmas trees, as well as interactive uh, performances. Down in Miami, they have Santa's Enchanted Village, which is the, the world's largest holiday theme park that features over 100 games, rides, and attractions and shows. Um, So, the entire theme park is decorated for Christmas. It includes South Florida's largest uh, and tallest Christmas tree, as well as a a nighttime extravaganza. Now, of course, the next one on the list is obvious to anyone who's listened to the podcast. Disney's annual Christmas events. Uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. You've gone to that before, Dad. Any, uh, Any comments?
1: Disney does a great job kind of in, enveloping you Fabulous. in Christmas with uh, the decor, the sounds. They even do Snoop, which is their version of snow, um, to make it feel Christmassy. So, yeah. And it's usually at night when it's the coolest there. So, uh, yeah. It's a great time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bush Gardens over here in Tampa, uh, where I'm at, has their Christmas town which uh, I heard was really, really, like, highly rated. Critically, it was said that it was really amazing, so I'm going to have to go uh, probably check that off if I'm able to. It says it features indulgent desserts, handmade gifts, millions of lights, and a sing-along train and light tunnel walkway, as well as a chance to meet uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus at Santa's house and leave with a souvenir photo. Uh, i think what i saw were pictures of that light tunnel and they it's not exaggerating when it says it's a light tunnel it is lights like all the way around as you walk through uh which is which is pretty amazing very festive of course there's going back to disney the international festival of the holidays at epcot i've actually experienced that before with you guys you go around if you're not familiar with epcot uh, most of it is taken up by a big lake, surrounded by little versions of a bunch of different countries around the world. And around the holiday times, each of them kind of go into how they celebrate the holidays. You know, their version of Santa Claus, Father oh, yeah, Christmas, Father Frost, Papa um, Noel, well. or what is the what is the Italian one called again?
3: It was that lady. Oh
1: yes. Um,
4: um,
2: what was it? Oh. Uh, well, the, the, the mother something. We'll, we'll look it up. But it is a really awesome way to go around and learn more about a ton of different holiday traditions, I guess. We talk about a yeah, lot of international lot of holiday, holiday traditions, yeah. but it's a super fun way. It's, she was uh, fauna. She
3: did such a great job. We really she liked it.
2: when I was about yeah. Um, right. Yeah, because they have someone dressed as the character in each land kind of telling the story of the holiday in that country so you know it's one thing to hear about it on a podcast it's another thing to go and kind of see it in a little you know a little italian or a little german or a little norwegian space and see the person all dressed up uh it is it is a really cool experience i think we i think we went by and watched all of them when we were in epcot Uh, because it was really good in St. Augustine, Florida, from late November to early February, the uh, the Night of Lights is going on, celebrating the old Spanish tradition of placing a white candle in front of your windows. Um, the entire town is decorated and filled with millions of lights and wreaths and uh, palpable joy all throughout the holidays. And, of course, uh, about... 23 miles east of Orlando, the town of Christmas, Florida, is always decked out for Christmas. So that's also a super fun way to experience (laughs) Christmas in Christmas, about as Christmassy as you can get in Florida. But it says to uh, enjoy a lot of quirky tourist attractions, including a 200-foot-long building that is painted like an alligator. And uh, you can go into the alligator's mouth for a very
4: Christmassy.
3: Was that?
2: (laughs) Was that? Oh, very Christmassy. Yep. Uh, And you can go in uh, to the alligator's mouth for a real (laughs) Florida Animal Park Christmas experience. Uh, And then, of course, there's uh, SeaWorld's Christmas celebration, including. the Sesame Street Christmas, the Sesame Street Christmas Parade, A Wondrous Night, and Winter Wonderland on Ice. Uh, it is similar to uh, the Bush Gardens experience, and uh, another big uh, pull for people in the Florida area. There's um, the Key West Holiday Fest. There's the Festival of Trees in Orlando, uh, which takes place at the Museum of Art and has tons of different dazzling trees. And of course there's uh, Disney Springs Tree Trail too. Now I think I had mentioned before that Keely and I were planning on going on that tree trail last week, but it ended up getting a little cold and we were not dressed for that. So we are planning on going on the Disney Springs Tree Trail tomorrow, evening. Hopefully. Hopefully we don't overrust this time and it's really hot. But, I mean, <laughs> Florida's got so many big cities, so many big attractions, anywhere that you go. Uh, especially because Florida's a really big entertainment industry. Most of the towns and cities that you go to will, will be decked out in one way or another in Christmas. Uh, sort of memorabilia and decorations and you really don't have to look too far down here to find or uh to drive by any big uh, Christmas attraction because the people down here n- know that the the landscape doesn't lend itself to Christmas so we have to uh over uh over decorate to get all that Christmas spirit down here in uh in the Floridian heat
3: another thing to think about is. The Disney resorts. I know um, Disney's. Who, which one does the, um, the huge gingerbread house? That's
4: the
1: Grand Floridian.
3: Yeah, so the Grand Floridian does a huge gingerbread house in its lobby. It's ginormous. So that's really fun to see. But each one probably will have something yeah. interesting. You could look it up. Yeah. And that's free. Yeah. yeah. It's a Disney. Thing, and a lot of people don't do realize
2: free. that. You can go and park at the resorts and walk around in there. Um, it is free. They're really beautiful to just kind of spend some time around in. And they're always decked out for the holidays. So that's an awesome point because a lot of them do things that are, are special, like the giant gingerbread house.
3: Right. And if you they each have restaurants, too. So if you end up wanting to make a night of it, that's fun to, that's fun exactly. thing to do, too.
1: A lot of fun things. It's it's great that there are so many places around you that try to make you feel Christmassy since the weather doesn't make you. Feel yeah, Christmassy. yeah, that and that I know
2: underway. it's gonna be different. Me being down here for Christmas as opposed to you know up with you guys because we're still figuring out what we're gonna do in terms of you know kind of FaceTiming as we're doing like presents together and I assume some other Christmassy stuff together. And you guys, you know, we were just talking about how we were shipping presents to each other. I didn't even think about it. Um, I'm going to have to ship presents up to you guys. I guess I'll maybe ship them in my name. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that because there's, like, three of you there. Um, Now, Sydney lives by herself, but I guess we'll work that out. It's a whole other learning experience, not having everyone together, but... You know, that's
4: right.
2: that's life. Hopefully, in the future, yeah. you know. Obviously, I just moved down here, so I'm not able to move. You know, go back up yet. But hopefully, in the future, I'll be able to to come up for a lot of uh, a lot of Christmases moving forward.
3: Well, Kelia is very accommodating and sweet, and she said that she would wrap any gifts that we sent down there to you. So, so that yeah, was really I'll nice I'll that.
2: wrap any uh, that you send down for Keelia. Two. I know we're all in uh, all the moons at this point. We were just talking about this too. We're in Christmas list coming up with stage, trying to get them done fast enough that everything gets here before Christmas. So that's its own uh, not issue necessarily, but its own little struggle.
1: Yeah. And definitely the supply chain, there's a global supply chain issue right now where there's just not as many things available as there are was pre-pandemic, so that's also affecting Christmas plans and shopping, and not everything's as available as it used to be, or can be shipped as quickly as it used to be. So we got to get on this stuff quickly, from you know that perspective. True. Like if we're ordering a uh, Harry Connick Jr. Um, CD or something. Right. For sure. You have, sure. have to get on it. You have to get on it.
3: One of the great things about Christmas is its music. And last week I talked about. Michael Bublé, and this week I'm talking about Harry Connick Jr. He is a singer that uh, we have loved. The kids grew up listening to him. He has a different style. He has more of a kind of a jazz swing, big band kind of sound. Just really neat, beautiful voice. And when my heart finds Christmas is the is the CD that we listen to among others, you know, among Bing Crosby and the others. But Harry Connick Jr. is a big part of our Christmas for his singing. I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about Harry Connick Jr. Then I'll get more into the Christmas aspect. The foundation of Harry's music is New Orleans. New Orleans, I guess you say. New Orleans, where he is from. New Orleans. He began performing... Nolens, right. Yeah. But I don't I don't feel comfortable saying Nolens because I wasn't born there. He began performing as a pianist and vocalist at the age of five. Wow. Five years old. By the age of nine, he performed with the New Orleans Symphony Orchestra. Wow. By the age of nine. Isn't that amazing? He was schooled by two of the city's keyboard legends, James Booker, who allowed... Harry to sit with them in local clubs. Harry Connor Jr. was a preteen at the time. And Ellis Marsalis, who provided more structured instruction during Harry's teenage years. So when Harry left for New York at age 18, he had a command of jazz and popular music styles. He earned a college degree, and then he studied at the Manhattan School of Music to further refine his talent. So this is, a, this is a man who started out with a natural gift and worked to refine it and make it better, which is just very interesting to me because he could have ridden the coattails of his talent, but he actually did a lot more. Harry Connick Jr. is in music, film, TV... And theater. He's achieved awards and recognition for his live and recorded musical performances and for his achievements on the screens both large and small as well as the Broadway stage. So discography is um, where I found some of this information and I like the way it says Harry has exemplified excellence in every aspect of the entertainment world. So he gets an A+. (laughs) For Christmas, we listen to his different songs like uh, Sleigh Ride, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, All I Want for Christmas, Jingle Bells, um, you know, all the good stuff. He throws in some other things that are interesting, but he has a song in the When My Heart Finds Christmas CD that we love and... I do not hear other singers singing it, which is intriguing to me because it's such a great song, and that is Must Have Been Old Santa Claus. And I just don't hear it sung by anyone else. It is such a great song. So I would encourage you to look up Must Have Been Old Santa Claus by Harry Connor Jr. and listen to it. It was It was so, it's just such a neat song. What about When My Heart Binds Christmas? Is that also just his, or is that someone else? I don't know. You're right, though. Um, I don't hear that from a lot of other singers. Yeah. But that's
0: another um, song that we listen
3: to a lot during Christmas time, and that's also a very good song as well. And I want to tell you some things that Harry Connick Jr. himself said, things you don't know about me. But first, I want Sydney to share an experience she had. She got to actually see Harry Connick Jr., and, Sydney, I'm going to ask you to tell about your experience.
0: Yeah, so I was in New Orleans for an HR conference some years ago, and I absolutely loved it. But as a part of the conference, Harry Connick Jr. came and had a concert. So I went, and I knew that he, I mean, I grew up listening to his Christmas music. I just, I know, I know how good of a singer he is. Uh, but for some reason, like, some of the people who went with me didn't realize that he was a singer. They knew him from television, but they didn't realize he was also musically inclined and talented as well. So so they thought of him as an actor. Right. Yes. So they didn't realize just how well he, he can sing and play instruments. So as time went on in the um, concert, they were really impressed because he would, like, he not only sang, but he also traded out instruments yes. after instruments, and he was just like really. They realized how talented he was in that aspect, but it was really cool. He did not play. I was a little disappointed. He did not play any of his Christmas music.
1: I think it was but in the summer. It that was you were? in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: So,
0: so and there's it, a reason there, right? It wasn't a Christmas concert, but I, I didn't realize just how connected he was to New Orleans, but he. Also, he had previously created a song about New Orleans being like the fishbowl of the South or something like that. So he he sang that. And at one point, he went off of the stage and they did that New Orleans um, trumpet. And and trombone. The, the, the trombone. And, yeah, the typical New Orleans Umbrellas, song, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kind of did like a little parade and that was yes. fun. And yeah, it was just like super fun. When I saw that he was the um, person that would
3: be doing the concert, I was super excited. As I was researching this... He said he loves to perform. Yep. He loves to do concerts, mm-hmm. and he's like he said, the crazier the better. Yep. So him switching out instruments and stuff doesn't surprise me. And that's another thing I found during the research. He's incredibly talented. Yes. He can play a lot mm-hmm. of of instruments. Yes. So this has been a really fun thing to research. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up with some things you don't know about me, by Harry Connick Jr. As a kid, his nickname was Boomer. <laughs> and It is not the same as. Kids now say, you're a Boomer. He, he would bang his head on his crib, and his sister said he was booming. Oh. <laughs> so, so thanks to that, he was nicknamed Boomer as a kid. And it's interesting, because you wouldn't think such a talented, accomplished person would start out banging his head on a crib. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to be called a nickname. His fantasy job is tight end for the New Orleans Saints.
1: Oh, that's funny. Which yeah. is
3: really funny. He loves gadgets, anything electronic. He loves to cook New Orleans food and barbecue. He has had the same manager for 35 years, which is just incredible. He said he's in awe of his three daughters, Georgia, who's 25, Kate's 24, and Charlotte's 19. And he said each one is brilliant. (laughs) You know, unbiased opinion there. Uh He said, I idolize my father. And I've got to tell you, Harry Connick Jr.'s whole name is Joseph Harry Fowler Connick Jr. Oh. Harry Connick Jr. is much, much easier to throw around. So he said he idolizes his father, Joseph Harry Fowler Connick. He's 90. And he said he talks to him at least once or twice a day. Well, he's 90. He'd be 95 now. I don't know if he's passed away or not. This is an older article. Mm -hmm. But at the time... He said that he talked to him once or twice a day, which is really cute. He said he's horrible at math. He said he was only able to help his kids with homework through third grade. (laughs) (laughs) Math homework. That's so funny. He said, I love my wife, Jill. I'm going to say Goodacre. I don't know if it's Goodacre.
1: No, I think it's Goodacre. Mm Goodacre.
3: Jill Goodacre. Without her, I wouldn't be much of anything. She rocks my world. We've been together 31 years. And... He loves black licorice and pink and white good and plenties. Can't go with you there, Harry Connick Jr. I do not like black licorice. They sound good to me. (laughs) And finally, after all this amazing stuff you learned about Harry Connick Jr., I leave you with this. He once ate 19 Krispy Kreme donuts in one sitting. (laughs) 19? (laughs) Yeah. He said, I'm still feeling that one. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed getting to know more. If you about. eat
1: them warm, because the youth uh, we yeah. used to take the youth down south for mission trips, and they would always want to stop at the uh, Krispy Kreams that they came out warm right mm-hmm. from the the machine. Like a dozen. Yes, yeah, so they yeah. could eat a dozen pretty pretty easily because yeah. warm they kind of dissolve in your mouth. But 19, whoo, boy.
3: Yeah, that's a lot. Oh, he said he works out every day, so <laughs> that he would have had to.
1: Yeah, extra for that that that's particular right. day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a fun week ahead with Thanksgiving. Advent starts next weekend. I think Hanukkah starts next weekend as well. Uh, So um, we hope everyone's having a great season. Our future festivities are for the week of December 6th. Now, December 6th is St. Nicholas Day, and it's one of the first feast days of the season. And one of the interesting things I saw about St. Nicholas Day is it's celebrated very differently by different parts of the world. So some people use it as a feast day in that they make a lot of food for their family. Some use it as the day where they put out their shoes for St. Nicholas to fill with little gifts. Um, they also Some places use it for uh, time to do something from a charitable perspective, like helping out the poor and needy in that way. So it really does vary. So we hope that you have a fun St. Nicholas Day. And if you don't celebrate St. Nicholas Day, it could be something because The traditions vary so much that maybe you start a tradition on December 6th, St. Nicholas Day. Uh, December 7th is National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. December 8th is National Christmas Tree Day. December 9th is Christmas Card Day. December 10th, National Logger Day. December 11th is Gingerbread Decorating Day. Now tomorrow, um, as of this recording, so the 21st, I think is Gingerbread Cookie Day. So, I guess you wait a few weeks to decorate? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> Gingerbread Decorating Day on December 11th. And then December 12th is National Poinsettia Day. And you can always follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we're at holidaymoons. Moons. You can always find us on Facebook by searching the search bar with Holiday Moons. We have a Facebook page and the Facebook group. And you can email us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com.
0: So for Sydney,
1: Randy, Cole,
3: and Beth, happy happy holidays. holidays!
1: We'll see you next time.
4: time.